0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath.
1: All right, welcome to the program. Just some quick housekeeping notes to lead us off. This will be our last episode of the spring Or should I say, John, our last episode of the spring, unless an emergency pod of some sort is in order, right? Like, for example, if the Broncos do indeed pry Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay to trade, which continues to be a hot topic of conversation, and we'll get there, we will do an emergency pod and talk to you all in the spring. Um, But just right off the top, I want to say, and I think, John, you'll echo this, I appreciate the many members of Broncos country who have helped us get this show up and running over the past year. Uh, Love all of Broncos country, John even though saying mean things about me on Twitter about my Aaron Rogers takes last week, I appreciate each and every one of them there. It, it's been awesome.
2: Yeah. I had absolutely no podcast experience before they came to me and were like, Hey, we want to get podcast started up for all the wire sites. And they're like this guy, Ryan O'Leary. And I was like, okay, I have no idea who that is, but <laughs> you've made it easy for me, Ryan. I've had a good time. I've hoped that listeners have had a good time too. It's been a, a, a real good session of episodes. So we're taking a summer break, but We'll be back uh, later for like training camp and stuff, if not sooner than that, like you said, if Rodgers goes down or something else big.
1: There's definitely some stuff on Rodgers we want to get to. We will reset that thing. And there's some news on Tim Tebow that we're definitely going to get to later in the show. But I want to start with what I think is kind of, you know, if Rodgers is story 1A, here's story 1B of the past week, John. And it centers around Jawan James, the offensive tackle of the Broncos, who has been a frustrating player in a a lot of ways because we just haven't seen him on the field after he signed this big four-year $51 million contract a couple years ago, right? Well, he's been reportedly placed on the reserve non-football injury list, which means he's now done for the 2021 season because he has suffered a torn Achilles while working out at home. And now Juwan James, he missed all but three games due to injuries in 2019. He opted out last year due to COVID, and now he's going to miss all of 2021. And, John, this is a very hot topic because now what are the Broncos going to do about his $10 million in salary they owe this player? And they could cut him and get out of it. So this is definitely a hot-button topic between the league and the players. Everyone's weighing in. What do you think about this?
2: Yeah, real fast before I get to the money issue, like it's also it puts the Broncos in such a pinch at right tackle because we talked about it in our post-draft podcast They didn't draft one offensive tackle, and it wasn't because they ignored them. They just didn't have one fall to where they were that they wanted to pick one, and they weren't going to reach for one. And at the time, I was like, okay, whatever. They're not reaching for them. Stick to their board. Whatever. Juwan James is going to be the guy this year. But now, in hindsight, a lot of fans are kind of frustrated with Peyton saying, hey, it's better to reach up for a tackle – then rely on a guy that has proven he can't be reliable. So, like hindsight is twenty twenty, but you kind of understand where people are like that are coming from. So now they're kind of in a pinch at tackle, and we're recording this on Monday. They're bringing two free agents in this week. When this podcast comes out, they may have already signed a tackle. So there's help on the way, but it, it's just they don't have, they still don't have a long-term solution. And if, if like a free agent is signed, that's probably going to be like a one-year deal. Who's just a short-term guy. And then next year they're in this whole boat. So the Broncos probably could have prepared for this a little bit better. And uh, like they're in this situation, it's in part their own fault because they counted on a guy that has had such an injury history throughout his career. But like you mentioned, getting back to the money issue about it, like, it's the way it's been for years in the NFL. If you don't work out at the facility and you suffer a non-football injury, you're guaranteed money, quote, guaranteed. Like a lot of times guaranteed money in the NFL really is not guaranteed. And this is an example of this. They can take away his salary and get back a lot of money from him. And that's like cause a big controversy. Like even Patrick Mahomes weighed in on Twitter and said, what, they're taking away this guy's contract because he was training for football. And it's like, Patrick, you know and he knows what the stipulations were like if this happened at the facility they wouldn't be uh, allowed to take away his contract and I feel bad for James I know a lot of fans right now are not feeling bad for him but like he doesn't want this like he wants to play as as some fans may not believe that but he wants to be on the field he wants to earn his money he doesn't want to be hurt and be doing a contract dispute with the team like of course he doesn't want that so like I feel bad for him because he's had bad injury luck. And I feel bad for him because a couple weeks ago, Peyton was asked about him and Peyton said, yeah, he's been at the facility and he looks good and we're counting on him at right tackle. And then not long after that, the players association went to all the players and they're like, guys, we really got to push skipping OTAs and skipping off season workouts. So we're really pushing and we're really encouraging you guys do not show up to the facilities because then we lose leverage and, Talks and stuff. So, we want to make a point and have players stop, to basically boycott the uh, team facility. So, Juwan James, he was at the facility. Then he followed the instruction of the players' union. He took their advice and then he started working out off site. And of course, that's when his injury happens. And now he may lose a lot of money. And like Mahomes and other people may be mad at the Broncos and say, You can't do that. You have to pay him, like rules or not. It's just the right thing to do. And it's like, well, don't be mad at the Broncos. Like, to me, I would be mad at the Players Union because, in my opinion, the Players Union gave him bad advice and he knows the way his contract is written. The Players Union knows how contracts are written. And to me, I'm just like, okay, if the Players Union wants to revise the CBA and make it so guaranteed money is truly guaranteed and like do stuff like that, it's like, okay, whatever. But that's a different topic. Like, you've got to go into the next CBA negotiations. And make that a big point then like you can't, these are what the rules are. So now that the rules are in place, you can't be mad about them. You have to abide by them. And with these rules being in place, the best advice for a player, especially a player who's injury prone is be at the team facility because they're covered. And we talked about this a while ago when players were skipping or the players said through the union that they were going to skip spring workouts. And I was like, it's easy for the vets to say that under the encouragement of the union, but like for guys wanting to make the roster, guys wanting to impress the coaches, and guys wanting to stay healthy because they've had some injuries, and the Broncos trainers are helping them rehab. Like, for them, to me, it's not good advice to stay away from the facility. So, sorry about that little rant there. I could just kind of went off in a couple of different directions, but the the big takeaway for me is I don't like the way the union has handled this. It's the union against the league and the players are stuck in the middle. And now James could be out of a lot of money. And like, I don't think it's unethical or whatever for the Broncos to not pay him because your contract, your contract, the CBA is termed the way it's termed. They have every right to br- take back the money. And if he's mad about that or other people are mad about it, I say, take it up with the players union.
1: No, it's an interesting take. So actually feeling bad for Juwan James and you kind of have to, right? I mean, he did opt out last year, but it's not like you make your full, you didn't make your full salary when you opt out. You made a very, very small percentage of it. And then I think you're so right. You hit on it here. Like the league sends out a memo to the teams reminding them that, guys, you're not covered if you suffer injuries away from the team facilities. And then the next day, the Players Association comes out and says, they, well, they call it a, a gutless, quote-unquote, gutless attempt to scare players into returning to the facilities. And you said it, John. All this is is another battle between the NFL and the in the union over subtle language in the CBA. And it all comes down to that interesting little point that we probably never think about that guaranteed money isn't technically fully guaranteed. There's all these little all this language in the CBA. It all comes down to that crap. I think that's like my least favorite part of the league, right? When we get into this labor crap, that part of it I I have no you know what I mean I have no use for it. It just kind of it kind of spoil and then a story like this it just kind of magnifies it. It's like, man, This dude is training. He's been out for a couple years. He knows he's got a job. He knows he's got something to prove. He's probably working out a little bit harder than he, you know, normal. Really trying to get himself ready to roll, John. And he hurts himself, and now he's kind of screwed.
2: Yep. And like you said, like, I don't love all the litigation and all the CBA stuff and whatnot. But, like, I just mentioned, like – The players union and the players, they may not love the terms of the current CBA, but like they just agreed to it not that long ago. So now that it's in place, like the rules are the rules. You just got to abide and do the best practices under the CBA. And then when negotiations come up to redo the next CBA, you can make whatever changes you want, but like, you can't have your CBA in place and then say, Oh, I don't like this aspect of it. So we're just going to hold out or throw a fit because we want to redo it. And it's like, no, you, you can't redo it. Like it is what it is now. And now you got to take the best steps. And like I said, to me, the best steps is be at the team facility, because that's what keeps you safest both, perhaps in terms of like health, but even more than that in terms of money, like if you get hurt, you're covered. So it's clear how I feel about it.
1: At the end of the day, another season without Jawan James. I just can't believe it's, it kind of sucks. right? It's just brutal. (laughs)
2: A lot of people have said, and I think it's fair to say, he is the worst free agent signing in Broncos history. Because like you mentioned, $51 million, he's not gotten all that. I think when it's all said and done, he may end up with $17 million or even more than that, depending on how much they try to get back. But just the amount of money they were willing to pay him and him being available for like less than three games, I think it was like 63, 65 snaps and they didn't draft any long-term right tackles because they've been counting on him for like the last three years to be the guy. So now I think whether they reach a settlement with him or pay his money and still cut him or cut him and try to go into a dispute with the players union, whatever works out with the money, I think he's definitely done in Denver. I don't think they're even going to try to have him play another down for them. So His time is coming to an end. He did make some good money, but from the Broncos' end, it was just a real bad signing, and I'm sure they're ready to be moving on.
1: Juwan James out for another year for Denver. That's story 1A. Story 1B is the quarterback room for the Broncos, right? We don't really know right now, John, if we're watching Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater or this other thing, the elephant in the room, the Aaron Rodgers story, right, that continues to play out. I think Green Bay has come out since we talked last and basically have said, look, we're not trading him. And I actually I have a question on the Aaron Rodgers front that I want to throw at you, John. And then we got to get to Tebow coming back into the league, rejoining Urban Meyer. But wait, they just drafted Trevor Lawrence. Why are they bringing in Tebow? We'll get to that all coming up next. All right, John, I've been working very hard over the past week going over my Aaron Rodgers take. I need to make sure I have enough of my arsenal to defend myself as people come at me and call me stupid. And uh, I just like I had a quick question for you. About the timing, right? We talked a little bit about it last week. I think you can make the case that your defense is definitely ready to dominate from day one this season. I mean, you've got the whole band back. Vaughn Miller is back as your leader. You brought in Kyle Fuller. You drafted Patrick Sertan. Go down the list. That defense is freaking loaded. And I think we we talked about them about a month ago being a top five unit. And I think that's what we could expect. That defense is going to be nasty good. How do you feel about the offense going into the 2021 season as it stands right now without Rodgers on the team? I mean, the Broncos have invested a ton of draft capital on that side of the football over the last couple of years, right? Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, Javante Williams. You've got your pro bowler in Cortland Sutton or your pro bowl talent in Sutton. Tim Patrick came on last year. But I think the word we keep on using with this offense is potential, right? Like, just wait till these guys come into their own, just wait until they're ready to just like burst on the scene, wait till that talent blossoms. Are we at the point where that's coming in 2021 for you? Or do you think we're still a couple years away from that? You know what I mean? Like I feel like if Rodgers were to come over to this Denver team, I understand why that would get everybody super excited. I'd be excited too. How fun would that be if Rodgers really ends up with the Denver Broncos? It'd be awesome. But he'd be leaving a situation in Green Bay where he's got the perfect play caller, He's got Devonte Adams, who no one can freaking cover, especially around the goal line. He's got Aaron Jones. I mean, he—it's not like he doesn't have talent in Green Bay, and he'd be coming over to Denver with a really young offense. He'd have to kind of carry that unit. I still think that Denver would want to dominate on defense anyway, at least for the first year. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, how do you feel about where do you think Denver's offense is right now heading into 2021? Do you think they're ready to pop?
2: Yeah, I, I get what you're asking, and to me, I feel a lot about the offense. Exactly like I like I felt about the offense last year. Last summer for Sports Weekly, I wrote a preview uh, for the Broncos season, and I wrote that uh, the offense was going to fall on Drew Locke. If Drew Locke takes a step forward – uh, the offense is going to be great and if he doesn't take a step forward then he's going to hold the whole offense back he's going to hold the receivers back he's going to hold the tight ends back and even the running backs going to be held back because teams know they can clamp down on the run because they don't have to worry about the pass and like not to pat myself on the back but I think that's exactly what happened like the, they didn't have Cortland Sutton so that was a factor but even without Sutton like Jerry Judy, he's a talent. Tim Patrick, like you said, he stepped up big time. K.J. Hamler, he's a talent. Noah Fant, I think he's a top 10 tight end. I really think that's fair to say. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, they were kind of up and down a little bit last year. But overall, I think they were perfectly fine running backs. And to me, and even the offensive line, like right tackle, a reoccurring theme in Denver, right tackle sure. was a little bit of an issue. But besides right tackle, the other four spots on the line I thought were pretty solid. And to me, the big drawback last year was quarterback play. Too many turnovers from the quarterback. Quarterback not seeing guys when they're open. Quarterback making bad reads. And so I I just feel like, again... Say they don't get Rodgers, if Locke takes a step forward or if Bridgewater beats him out and is is a better player than Locke, I really do think the offense is ready to go places this year. But if they don't get Rodgers and Locke Dunson take a big step forward, I think he will hold them back again. And I, I think they will kind of struggle just like they kind of struggled last year. But if you insert a Rodgers, I think they are ready to take off. To, to me, I know I said this last week, and I'm, I'm getting back to it again, it really feels similar to Peyton Manning because when Peyton Manning came in Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, they were young and talented, but like playing with Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow, the numbers were just kind of meh. Like Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow held them back. Just like I kind of feel like uh, Drew Locke held the offense back a little bit last year. And then as soon as Peyton Manning comes in, you got Demarius Thomas, 1,000-yard receiver. Eric Decker, 1,000-yard receiver. Julius Thomas suddenly becomes one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and then he becomes a free agent and gets a massive deal from the Jaguars, and then you never hear from him again, and he just kind of fades out of the NFL a few years later. And, and like, no Sean Marino, he, had, he was kind of fine. Like, he wasn't terrible, but for as early as they picked him in the NFL draft, he was kind of a little bit of a bust for the Broncos – but when Manning came in, uh, Marino, I think he had the most rushing yards of his career. I think that was in 2012. He was just, like just shy of 1,000 yards, but he was also involved in the passing game. So I think he had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, and he was productive scoring some touchdowns. So Manning came in, and all the guys on offense, that like they were good talents, but they were kind of being held back. And then when you insert – a uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback like that, who he knows defenses, he knows to get the ball out quickly. He knows like how to take advantage of things and how to read things. Suddenly all those guys reach their peak potential absolutely instantly. And it was because the quarterback makes such a difference. And I believe that if they get Rogers instantly, like obviously Cortland Sutton, he's already shown it. He already made the pro Bowl. Hopefully He's back to full health this year, and he's putting up Pro Bowl numbers again. And then Jerry Judy, he he had flashes of huge potential last year, but he's got to put it all together. You give him a Hall of Fame quarterback, you think his chances of putting it all together improve greatly. And then K.J. Hamler, he's waiting to kind of break out. And Noah Fant him too. Like he's, he's shown flashes of really good play, but he's too, he hasn't had a consistent full season of like dominance. And if you give him someone like Aaron Rodgers, like when the Packers had Jimmy Graham, like Jimmy Graham was such a, like Graham was a good tight end throughout his whole career. But like with, with Rodgers, it was just like in a goal line situation, it it was just such a nightmare. And then like the Packers running game, like it got some real good running backs. Like you mentioned, But I really do believe that having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, that helps open up the running game. So I think it all kind of complements each other. And, like, I'm not saying that uh, the Packers' back end isn't good and the Packers' wide receiver Adams isn't good. Like, those guys are stars. And I get what you're saying, that he's got stars in Green Bay. But I also think that he kind of elevates them. Like, who knows what happens to those guys if Jordan Love is the QB this year. Like, will their numbers dip? Like, I feel they, they may not put up bad numbers, but I definitely think their numbers would dip. So, like, I kind of get what you're saying. Are the Broncos, are they truly going to take a step forward? I think with Rodgers, absolutely, the offense takes a step forward. And without Rodgers, I think it all just falls on Drew Locke. Is he going to be the guy that some fans are convinced he's going to be? Is he really going to turn that corner? Or is he going to be the guy that other fans think he's going to be and are just not sold, saying we got to bring in someone else because he's just not it?
1: So you think they're a quarterback away on offense. That's that's oh, basically absolutely. what I was asking. And you know what? Absolutely. And Rodgers literally did that with his own tight end in Green Bay, Robert Tunyon. Nobody had ever heard of him last year. He caught eleven touchdowns last year. He was freaking awesome yeah. last year. You had a question for to, me, didn't you? Yeah, in our thread. So why don't yeah, you lay it on? I wanted on me.
2: to throw a question about you about Roger. And this is hypothetical. So don't say, Oh no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> because this this is fantasy Don't tell We're me what we are saying to do that, that it would happen. Okay. So in this fantasy land hypothetical scenario, say the Broncos sign Aaron Rodgers and they get a run like they had with Peyton Manning. And because. Hold, hold on a second, older, John,
1: let me Let me cut you off. You said sign Aaron Rodgers. Are you talking about signing him as a free agent or trading for him?
2: Sorry, I, I apologize. Okay, that was back. a slip-on on my yep, part. They acquire Rodgers. If they can sign him as a free agent, a I am
1: all freaking in. Oh, my God, I'm all in. Okay, okay. Just like Manning, uh, just so like Brady with the Tampa Bay. That's what I want. This, okay, go on.
2: I have to make this hypothetical <laughs> <laughs> exact for you. They trade for Aaron Rodgers, and I'll say that they trade three first-round picks for him and like say they trade wide receiver Tim Patrick for him. And then after that, they have a run very similar to the run with Peyton Manning. I won't make it quite as long because Rodgers is older and you don't think he's going to play as long as Brady and all that. So I'll just say they have a three-year run with Aaron Rodgers. They win the AFC rest three years in a row, like Manning won it four years in a row. They go to two Super Bowls and they win one Super Bowl. But then after that, just like in the post-Manning area, era they miss the playoffs 5 years in a row they have quarterback uncertainty and everything is a mess and a disaster and then after 5 years like we're just back to reality whatever happens happens i know you don't want to trade for rodgers necessarily and give up capital but in a hypothetical scenario if i could tell you they're guaranteed to win one super bowl but then after that they also have a 5 year drought of pain and suffering like the last 5 years would you trade a guaranteed Super Bowl with Rodgers in exchange for a five-year drought after that?
1: If you guarantee me the Super Bowl, yes, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat.
2: That's what fans need to hear from you. Like You don't want to go after Rodgers because you're not a believer. You think if they give up too much – they're not going to be able to build for the future, and Rodgers is not going to be as good as Manning and Brady. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But if they can give up stuff for him and still contend and still get the Super Bowl and even still win the Super Bowl, it's not that you're against the theory of it. You just don't believe that it would work out that way.
1: Exactly. That's, that's, that's my fear. My fear is So basically, you put up the Twitter poll. Do you want the Broncos to invest draft capital in Aaron Rodgers? And you gave yes, no, and depends on the price. And I'm just – I'm dependent on the price. I think if you – invest three first-round picks in Tim Patrick or one of the quarterbacks or whatever it would take. So three first-round picks for Rodgers. Now it's Super Bowl or bust, right? It, you got to win the Super Bowl because you're going to, you're going to feel that eventually. You, you just can't. You can't trade first-round picks for old guys and not have that catch up to you. It's but- going to catch up to you. And the only thing I worry about is, yes, Rodgers is great, and yes, this Broncos team is bursting with potential, but I can't help but go back and look at Rodgers' past. And the fact that when you compare them to Manning and Brady, I just, I just feel like Manning and Brady are their own tier. And they're just freak. Like, Brady has, when you combine the regular season and the postseason, here I'm going to my notes that I had just in case I got attacked on my Manning take here, my uh, Rogers take. So <laughs> here I'm pulling up my notes here. Tom Brady has 264 combined regular season and postseason wins, Manning has 200. Manning played less seasons than Rogers, and Rogers has 137. He might not catch Brett Favre. He might not catch Manning in his career in combined regular season and postseason wins. I'm not telling you that Rodgers, he might have the best arm talent we've ever seen. He is freaking phenomenal. The way he can sit there on his back foot, John, flip his wrist and chuck the thing 60 yards. I mean, nobody throws the football like Aaron Rodgers. I'm just worried about the winning, the 11-8 and eight career postseason record, the 1-4 career record in the NFC title game with some really good Green Bay teams. Like, for me, it's just like, man, A, you're going to the AFC where you gotta deal with the Chiefs and the Bills, and that's like the tougher conference. And B, you're going with a new team and you have to win the Super Bowl to make it worth it for me. So I and he just hasn't proven to me that he can do that. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in over ten years. So that's where I'm out on Rogers. Now, if the price comes down, if they could somehow get him as a free agent, if he gets cut loose like Manning and Brady did, then absolutely I'm all in on Rogers. But for that price, that three first rounders oh my god that is a huge price for a guy that hasn't proven that he's as good a winner as Brady and Manning so that's why I'm so hesitant to give up that kind of capital but I would still make the deal if the price was better than that and I would definitely sign him as a free agent
2: I got two little rebuttals for you there Go. You, you talk about the records and stuff to me quarterback wins and stuff like yes it definitely is a factor but like it's obviously a team sport, so I feel like talking about quarterback wins when it's really team wins to me, that's a little overrated because Manning, like people talked about Manning's record in his early in his career, even as before he got to the Broncos, people were still talking about his playoff record and his record against Brady and he's not good enough and whatever. And then he goes to Denver for AFC West titles, two Super Bowl appearances. I I just feel like talking about win loss records and playoff records for quarterbacks individually, like They're getting to the playoffs for a reason. Like, I just think you're putting too much on one player for a a team record. And then when you say if they get him, it's Super Bowl or bust. I'm like, that's good. Like, I'd much rather have Super Bowl or bust than the situation they're in right now. Because to me, they have somewhat it's it's weird to say about a five win team, but they have somewhat of a window to win this year and then next year von miller is a free agent Cortland sutton is a free agent bryce callahan is a free agent like and hopefully miller comes back as like a rotational rusher and hopefully they get a long-term deal with sutton but like there are some guys that they're not going to be able to resign or some guys that are just going to get old and they don't want to resign and then some of their like rookies that have very cheap contracts like eventually those contracts are going to come up And if some of them all come up at the same time, they're going to have to pick and choose. They're not going to be able to re-sign everyone. So to me, in like two, three years, this roster could look so different. So many of these guys that we're talking about, well, I don't want to trade him. I don't want to get – it's like we don't know what the NFL is going to look like in three, four years from now. Like the Broncos, some of these guys may be gone regardless of if they get Rodgers or not. So to me, if you can insert him and be Super Bowl or bust, I would take that – every day of the week and twice on Sunday because I don't think they're competing for a Super Bowl with Drew Lock or Teddy Bridgewater this season and I'd rather have Rodgers and a chance to win this very season and a chance to win the next season than say okay well we'll stick with these QBs and maybe in four years we'll get there or maybe in four years we'll be in the exact same spot we are right now but at least we're not Super Bowl or bust. like you saying it's Super Bowl or bust is like a drawback I just disagree with that like I, I like that situation. I like that pressure. Like that was the pressure they had with Manning and it was a good thing. So uh, I understand your overall point that like the price is a big factor to you. And like, that's logical. I understand where you're getting from. I just think the record's overblown and Super Bowl or bust. I'd have, I have no problem with that.
1: Yeah. It's just, I can't, I can't help myself. I go back to, I'd rather be Super Bowl or bust with Manning. I just trust him more. And I I just put more <laughs> stock in, I put more stock in the actual wins than the playoff appearances and the regular season MVP awards. And I just – you know what's seared in my memory is from that NFC Championship game where the broadcast caught Rodgers telling somebody on his defense on the sideline, um, get it back for me. He said something like, you know, get a stop or get the ball back. And his defense did. He got him the ball back a couple times, and the Packers didn't win the game. Rodgers didn't get it done again in the fourth quarter. We, just, we can talk about
2: it. so many times Peyton Manning blew it. There are even times Peyton Manning blew it with the Broncos, plenty of times he blew it with the Colts. Like I understand to you there's Brady, there's Manning and then to you there's a drop off to Rodgers. I I understand that's how you feel. I just I feel differently. Like he's not quite at that level because Peyton Manning is a Broncos legend and Tom Brady most people consider the greatest of all time. So I don't put him in the exact same tier but to me he's not far off at all so I feel like we're just debating of how we grade him to these two other legends and I'm just like we don't have to compare him to other legends he just he is who he is and to me right now he's a a star franchise quarterback in the NFL if you can trade for him I'm doing it
1: the other piece of this John is that you've got a plan clearly you have a plan to build on defense you brought in Bridgewater for a reason I feel like the Broncos know that defense is ready to dominate and they're going to prop up the offense a little bit on that side. And another piece of this, if you can't get a Rodgers deal done, like let's think about next offseason when a guy like Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton or all of these players, like next offseason, there could be guys you can go out and sign as a free agent. You know, you just be patient. You're building something in Denver. I think you got some momentum. I, that's where I'm at. I, I uh, again, if the I price understand. is right, I'm doing it, but I'm not. You just be patient. Keep doing what you're doing. You, we've been sitting here in suckitude forever waiting for the Denver Broncos to be relevant again. You're starting to get some momentum, right? There's a little something going with George Payton, I think and just keep doing it. Keep building. Don't do the whole like Peyton Manning thing 2.0. Is that what we're going to keep doing every 10 years? Try to find some stud veteran quarterback? Bring if him it in, gets you the to Bowl? the Super Bowl, yes. <laughs> well, yes. If you can guarantee it, John, like you said at the top, then yes, let's do it. But you can't, you can't guarantee it. You just can't. That's not how life works. That's not how sports work, John. You can't guarantee it.
2: I understand what you're saying about being patient and getting rewarded for being patient. And I agree being patient is good. And I think they have been. But I think you're patient until the perfect opportunity comes and then you pounce. And in my mind, like, you don't sign Andy Dalton. You don't sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Alex Smith, obviously, he retired. But, like, you don't go after Alex Smith. You don't trade for, uh, like, a Jimmy Garoppolo or something. Like, they could have been desperate and, like, thrown money at some, like, Middle of the pack, so-so QB, but they didn't do that. They were patient, and now to me, their patience could pay off because now they have a bunch of salary cap room. They have room on the roster. Like it's, somebody would probably trade for Drew Lock if they wanted to trade for Drew Lock. Like get at least a mid a mid round pick or something with him because he's still young, still has some potential, and he still has a very cheap rookie contract. So like they have salary cap space, they have room in the quarterback room. So to me, the patience has paid off. And now, if, if the Packers have to agree to trade him, but if the Packers do agree to trade him, to me, your patience pays off, the quarterback becomes available, and you pounce on him. But I, I do understand what you're saying, that there could be other options next year, like those options that you mentioned, and then obviously there will be draft options again. But if they're any good this year, like if they squeak into the playoffs, they're going to have a, low, a low-ish pick in the draft. So then you'd have to trade a bunch of draft capital to trade up for – a top quarterback prospect and then we're back to oh well do we trade future draft capital for a talented quarterback now so i don't know i just feel like i get what you're saying about being patient but i just think they have been patient now that there's an opportunity you pounce on it there's
1: our Aaron rogers thoughts did you enjoy it i know i did um no but we can't end this podcast without talking about tim tebow Right. I mean, so the guy's been trying to break into the major. He's been trying to break into major league baseball. And recently he tried out as a tight end for the Jaguars, which I think we kind of all thought was just like a cute little story. Like he's playing out, he's playing for urban Meyer again, like that thing. And now Ian Rappaport today says that the Jags are going to sign him and the Jaguars are on Denver's schedule this year. So this is turning into quite the story in Denver, where old friend Tim Tebow is going to come back as a tight end slash QB like Taysom Hill and remind me, John, like correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Tebow not, the whole reason he hasn't been in the league is because he's obsessed with being a quarterback and he refused to be labeled as a tight end, but apparently he's coming back as a tight end with the Jags.
2: Yeah. I I really think he should have done this years ago. Like, he was with the Eagles for a little stint and didn't make it. Then he was with the Patriots for a little stint. I'm sure you remember that. And he didn't make it. And then after that, he just fell the NFL. And people reported then and people have reported since then that once his time with the Eagles and Patriots were over, there were still plenty of teams lining up that wanted to sign him. But all of them wanted him to change positions. And he was just stubborn and wouldn't do it. And like, I'm not telling tim tebow how to live his life like he's got to make his own decisions and whatever but like i can look at his life observe it, and say well that's not what i would have done so for me personally i i like forget baseball. Like I, I, it's crazy to me that he ever thought he was serious about making it to major league baseball. Like he, he, he just, he played baseball when he was in like high school. I don't think he really did it at all at Florida. So he was years removed from baseball. He was an old veteran going in a bunch of against a bunch of young prospects. And then he had a couple injuries and baseball just never worked out for him. And then he quote retired. And right as he retired from baseball, And Urban Meyer was the Jaguars coach. I I think a lot of people connected the dots and were like, oh, how convenient for your baseball career to be over right when the coach that will give you a chance in the NFL, even now these years later. And and so I guess it just finally took the perfect situation for him to agree to change positions. And I think he knew he was never going to make it in baseball. And he probably knows. This is really my last chance to play in the NFL. So I gotta stop being stubborn. I just gotta change positions and go down to Jacksonville and and join my own coach my old coach. And they list him as a tight end, but I really doubt he's gonna play much as a tight end. I think they just can't list him as a quarterback because then there's like a quarterback controversy and quarterback drama and like all the media like, Oh, is Tebow gonna steal snaps from Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that? I think they just wanted to avoid that. So they just list him as a tight end. And then I have a feeling that he'll do a lot of like Taysom Hills type stuff. Like he'll be a shotgun quarterback, like a wildcat running back kind of a thing, like third and one. uh, He did like a ton of that at Florida and he did that with the Broncos as well. And like you get down to the goal line, like that's hard to stop, especially if you put like a fullback right next to him being a lead blocker, or you can put like a running back next to him and he can do like a read option. If like the edge guy crashes, then Tebow pulls it and runs. If the edge guy stays put and waits for Tebow to run out, then he can give it to the running back. So I do think that he could be like a running weapon for them, and maybe even like on a read option rollout, and maybe even pass it. But I just I can't imagine him lining up as like a true tight end. And like running like a 15 yard out or something. like <laughs> It would look it, weird, wouldn't
0: just,
2: it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's fast enough for that. Like when they get down to the goal line, he might do like a five yard out and look like Mike Vrabel or something, which <laughs> it, it worked. Like he caught a bunch of touchdowns. That's a good cop. So I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think he might be able to do something like that, but he's not going to be like a speedy tight end. I don't think he's going to be running like deep routes. I think he's going to be a lot like Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill, he catches some passes for the Saints and he throws some passes for the Saints but more than anything else he's a glorified running quarterback and I have a feeling like there's no guarantee Tebow will even make the Jaguars roster but with Urban Meyer you kind of think he has a decent shot too so if he does make the team I have a feeling he's basically going to be like a Taysom Hill kind of a guy and that role might work for him and with someone like Urban Meyer running the offense like he might be involved like Hill. And it might be, it will probably be fun to watch. Like I'm kind of excited to watch him play. I just think T what, why, where was this like five, six years ago? You're 33 years old now. He, he just shouldn't have waited this long.
1: No, he could have had a, he could have had a fruitful NFL career. He could have been the first T- Taysom Hill, you know, <laughs> he like could have it yep. him the ball. Let him throw, let him catch. Like he could have done the whole thing, but he just refused. He just wouldn't let that thing happen. But actually, it was kind of fun, John. When we were talking about this before the show, I, I found out that your family are like you guys are diehard Tebow fan. It's like a Tebow family. You, your, your family loves time. Tebow.
2: Big time, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be stoked about. And the Broncos, they're playing the Jaguars on the road this year. So as again, as long as he makes the team, Tebow is going to be playing against the team that made him a first round draft pick. So that'll be kind of cool.
1: We had all these thoughts. We had stuff on the Broncos schedule, which you know we're we're still waiting for that thing to come out. I think it comes out late Wednesday night. And we had thoughts on position battles. But uh, this, th- we pride ourselves on uh, brevity, John, with our podcast, and this might be our longest one yet. So we'll have to save. We'll have to get together this summer and kind of get into some of the position battles and talk about the schedule. That sound good to you?
2: Uh, yeah, there's there's time for all that. It's not going anywhere.
1: So okay, so for John, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks everyone for joining us over these eleven pods over the spring. We've had a blast covering free agency in the draft, and we will talk to you all in the summer to get into all the nitty gritty going into the actual 2021 season. Looking forward to that. We'll catch y'all then.
0: Go, go. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates. The latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle podcast. Inside the weekly line with Sportsbook Wires, Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' Podcast.